I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. podcast, the show where two friends and fellow nerds sit down in front of microphones and try and figure out where their fandoms intersect. My name is Kate McKinnon, and I'm recording out of a tin can. My name is Jordan Ferguson, and I'm recording in the Polly Pocket. Um, and this is episode, what are we at? Oh, God, 96? 96? That's, that's kind of crazy. It is kind of crazy. I am not... In the Polly Pocket, obviously, because it sounds like I'm far away and there's lots of disturbance on my side. Um, that is because I am home sick again. This is fun, isn't it, guys? Had to call an audible. Caitlin woke up, was more than ready to come down to Toronto, as she usually does, but started dying. I did. Again. Again. And <laughs> was still prepared to do it. And Jordan said, you know what? I'm not going to have you on a fucking go bus like doubled over in pain just to do this podcast so we can cancel it was something about like we do this for fun (laughs) i said this is the fun thing we do like (laughs) it's not worth killing yourself and i was i was like you know we can cancel and you were like oh we can skype because i hate how i really could not that which is really funny because when i opened my skype to set up the call um, I saw that the last time we Skyped was last December. Was it? Yeah, it was last December. Oh, man. I thought it was more recent than that. But No, it was last December. I was at I was in Port Hope at that time. Um, but ever since then, I've been like, never Skyping ever again, <laughs> except if I'm dying. That's the little asterisk. Still only the third Skype episode. Only the second. I feel like we've done three. I don't think so. Well, if you want to dig back into the archives and find out when all our <laughs> Skype episodes were. There are a few ways you can do that. Uh, first and foremost, the soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. That's where we live, venture capital pending. And you can give us a follow on there and you will get a notification every time a new episode arrives. If that is too much work for you. And you're just like, oh, my fingers, they're dying. Oh, those fingers, my knuckles are so swollen from all of this, all of this online Christmas shopping I've been doing. I have carpal tunnel. All of this tapping I've been doing playing animal crossing on my phone you may have to click two more buttons but those are the last two buttons you will ever have to click because you will see a button on soundcloud that says subscribe you do that it takes you to apple Podcasts. you will see another button that says subscribe you click that that's it that's it and really there should be a button shaped like a certain elf (laughs) but it is not that's okay it's all right apple um he's okay with it he's fine but 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 after that after you press that second subscribe button, there will be a a sort of tinkling in the air, sound of chimes. It's the sound of glistening. Glistening. Yes, that's right. The sound of glistening, magic, and badassery. <laughs> um, and uh, Chauncey, the Geek Down Internet Elf, will, will be there to deliver the podcast to you every week. Chauncey rides again weekly. Weekly. To deliver you piping hot fresh episodes of the geek down podcast directly to your ear hole it's what he lives for it's what he loves it's what he loves for it what he what he dies for 
Chauncey rides or dies for this podcast. By this podcast, I mean Caitlin, but he rides or dies for her. He also likes the podcast. He thinks we have good chemistry. <laughs> Even over Skype. Even over Skype. Amazingly. If you want to tell us how much you love our chemistry, there are a few ways you can do that as well. We have a Twitter and an Instagram. Those are both at GeekDownPod. We have an email address, geekdownpod at gmail.com, and we have a Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash geekdownpod. Still killing it, even with that Skype lag. Look at that. Do we have Skype lag? We had a little bit of Skype lag, but that's just the nature of the beast. See, this is what I'm just, it's going to make me upset <laughs> the whole episode. But I go in and post and I take out the gaps. It will sound flawless, I assure you. All right. Flawlessness for, for you, our fans, who we love very, very much. It takes more than Skype lag to cool down these hot takes. It does. Um, if you would like to support us so that we can make the podcast sound even better or buy a teleporter, <laughs> you can do so by going to our Patreon. Patreon.com slash GeekTownPod. Lots, lots of information there. Tons. And then there are different levels even. Yes, you can support this endeavor for $1 a month, $5, $10, $25 a month, or even $3 a month. The, the Misha level. The Misha, the Misha special. The, the Misha special. <laughs> Man, what else would that entail? I don't know. Sounds gross. Um, I don't know. Like maybe using uh, pancakes as, as bread. Like like in a, a McGriddle. That's the Misha special. I don't know. I just I feel like coming soon to Harry Parkdale's Harry Harry's Char World, the Misha special. I just it's the one thing at McDonald's that I've always questioned. The McGriddle. The McGriddle. Like really, you're gonna use pancakes as bread? And it wasn't even that good. I I've never eaten it. I never thought that it was worth. The indigestion. I will fall into the hype for any novelty fast food item. I've eaten a double down. I've eaten McGriddles. Well, see, now I know my assertion was right. It is not worth it. <laughs> no, it's really not worth it. Yeah. We've, uh, we actually have news this week. We do have news this week, but and I mean. It's not, it's not video game related. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shouts to Travis. Geek down listener, friend of the pod, whose uh, birthday is on actually the the day this airs is Travis's birthday. This is like Travis's birthday episode. It, it's the it's the tra- it's the Travis birthday episode. I should have just man, I should have got ahead of that and found out what Travis wanted us to talk about. But perks of being a top level patron here at the Geek Down Pod is uh, one of the hosts will go to your birthday dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but that's right. That's what we did for Travis's birthday special. Just because he, uh, just because he, you know gives money to the podcast now because i'm actually like friends with him oh, um, yeah, no, not at all not at all <laughs> um so i went for uh travis had a uh, an outing for dim sum here in toronto dim sum is always a good time and always. uh most importantly caitlin yes i held a baby i know i hate you i sent you i sent you a photo of me holding a baby i know and i hated you then as i do now <laughs> caitlin yeah it was an asian baby that doesn't make it cuter it does how dare you <laughs> Now, that baby is extremely cute, but it's racist to say that Asian babies are cuter than other babies. Is it? Yes, Or is it just a factual assessment? I'm just saying all babies are cute. Certain babies are cuter than others, but it doesn't have anything to do with their uh, nationality. I feel there is statistical analysis to be done on this, and that hey. th- the results will be in my favor. 
get at us if you have a lot of money to blow on, on uh, statistics. If you'd like to finance this weirdly, now that I'm saying it out loud, it does sound racist, statistical study <laughs> on the cuteness of different races as children. Dear God, get me out of Pull the ripcord. Get me out of this one. <laughs> Um, so yeah, good time hanging with Travis for his birthday and babies. And Travis did say, uh, although he came around to it cause I was really salty with him at first. He did let me know that, uh, talking about video games was the oldest we've ever sounded. <laughs> That's, you know what? I gotta say, I, cause it was so funny. I was, um, I was talking to someone about age difference and sort of what I remember versus what they remember. Mm. And they said, Oh, you don't, you look really young. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. But I'm old. Um, and I was thinking about how, especially when we do the, Hey kids, this is what we remember when we were kids. Episodes. <laughs> I was like, wow, there must be people who were born in the nineties who were like, these people are dinosaurs. So fucking old. Uh, apparently he came around to it once we started talking, once we started talking about Skyrim, but, uh, everything right. before that was like, he was screaming internally. <laughs> But I don't care. We're old. You'll be old too one day. Yeah. And then people will tell you that you're and old. Children will laugh at you. It'll happen to you. I used to be with it. And they changed what it was. Right. They now keep not, on changing what it is. Now what it is is strange and scary to me. It'll happen I to never, you. I, well, see, I've always kind of been an old lady. Because when everyone had MySpace, I didn't have MySpace. <laughs> the kids um, don't even I, know what MySpace is anymore. <laughs> I know, but I'm just saying, like, every, it's, it felt like everyone had it. Um, they'd always be like, do you have a MySpace page? I was like, no, ew. <laughs> I actually was late coming to Facebook. Um, but you love Facebook. I know. For ages and ages and ages, I, I refused to get it. And then I was like, people are, you know, they would be like, hey, uh, can I add you on Facebook? It was just easier than, like, getting someone's number. <laughs> um, and, and I knew that I was, like, missing out on parties. And, like... <laughs> People, pictures of people's brunch and I was like I gotta join I just I gotta bite the bullet um, and now sometimes I regret I've done it you regret getting Facebook some you're I'm entrenched I like there's <laughs> nothing I can do now I if I get rid of it I will never talk to anyone ever again <laughs> possibly I don't know I'm not very active on it but I still feel like I talk to enough people yeah but you also have Instagram and Twitter and you know you're with it. <laughs> yeah, that's the first that's the first adjective people use with me. Jordan with Ferguson it, yes. with it. Um mercifully you know, that sounds old, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mercifully for y'all listeners, uh no real video game talk to get to today. No. It's still wonderful. I'm still so happy. Apparently, what I have learned is that uh, Grand Theft Auto Online tends to just, if there's something that another game has done that is popular, Grand Theft Auto has no qualms about just stealing it hand over fist and putting it into GTA Online. Yeah, I can believe that. I was playing a mode that was basically one to four teams of like eight to 12 people. You start off, you jump out of a helicopter, you have a pistol, and that's it. You hit the ground, and then you try to find whatever weapons and armored vehicles you can, and last team standing wins. And it was mad fun. And I mentioned that to somebody and they said, oh, it sounds like Fortnite. I said, what's Fortnite? Fortnite is a free game on the PlayStation Network that is basically Battle Royale the game. Um, that sounds amazing. It's 100 people. You drop onto an island. You have a hatchet in your hand. 
try to find whatever weapons you can. Last person alive wins. That sounds amazing. And the map shrinks after X amount of you know minutes. Every two minutes, the map shrinks, and if you're outside the zone, you blow up. Um, yeah, and the, that it is Fortnite. Grand Theft Auto just said, "That's cool. Let's add cars." Beep beep. And put it in San Andreas. Um, I also played a race. That, Sorry, go ahead. That's all, that's all they have to do to make it Grand Theft Auto. Just put put a fucking tank in it. Just add cars and be like, "See, this is totally our game. It's totally it's our idea. What? What's a Fortnite?" And I played a race that had the added detail of uh, every 15 seconds, the person in last blew up. That That is terrifying. <laughs> it is that terrifying is like and, was very su- and was very surprising to me when I blew up. Um, <laughs> so it's still coming in last, huh? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> just, hey, just, I'm just pointing out that um, you coming in last and blowing up, I was not there. <laughs> she was not there. She was, she was not there this time. Um, I also just like the daily objectives in free mode because like listen i don't something we didn't really talk about on last week's episode is that gaming is very solitary for me mm-hmm. while the push seems to go like playing with other people and get your friends i was like i don't have friends what are friends like no no i i don't think that's true i think they try and make it look like that for parents <laughs> um but i don't i think they know everyone's um like you know in their underwear eating junk food in their basement playing video games amazing alone but it can be hard to make cash in Grand Theft Auto to buy the faster cars or the plane or the nicer apartment or whatever if you're not playing with people. So, you know, because I'm a total fucking dork, I'm like on, you know, watching YouTube videos of like how best to make money alone in GTA. And one of the ways is they give you three things a day to just like check off and you get a decent payout, especially if you do them over consecutive days. And they can range from sometimes it's like do a death match or do a race. And then there's always one weird one in there. Like one day I had to go see a movie. <laughs> how, how long is this movie? How long did you? Have uh, the movie was like, you don't have to watch the entire thing. I did because I'm a fucking nerd, but um, it's called The Saddest Robot in Britain. I feel like I watched it before on the uh, on the 360 version. Right. Um, the last time I did it, I had to go uh, ride a attraction at the pier. Amazing. The Ferris wheel or the roller coaster. I opted for the roller coaster. How was that? Uh, it was cool. They let you, <laughs> they apparently let you, there's a button to like, put your hands up. Your avatar will be like, we, <laughs> and apparently I don't have a mic. Cause like I said, I play by myself and I do not want to talk to people. Um, but apparently if you like woo in your microphone <laughs> while you're on the roller coaster, you get bonus experience. Oh, that's too bad. So yes, little, still loving the little touches like that, but we do not need to you know devote another hour and a half to gaming life aside from saying that it's still awesome awesome, and i love it and yeah just let's, let's get this fucking podcast over with so i can you know get back to it i see how it is <laughs> love you I'm, I'm just gonna crawl into bed and watch jane austen and be sad <laughs> that's your version of video games caitlin <laughs> oh i see okay um speaking of things that make me sad yeah um so our one of our correspondents, the lovely Kayam Dar, uh-huh. l- likes to hurt me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if it's my my optimism, my round, jovial face. I don't know what it is about me that inflicts pain on him. So he feels he needs to inflict pain on me. He just wants to destroy something beautiful. Um. Apparently, this time it's my soul. <laughs> 
And How is he hurting you, Caitlin? Uh, uh, Dar posted on my Facebook page mm-hmm. an article about Angela Lansbury. Oh, no. I was deliberately not telling you about this. Where Angela Lansbury... I, you know what? I, I have to be honest. I haven't read the article. Mm. Um, I saw, like, I read the snippet... And someone else mentioned it to me because they also hate me, apparently. And uh, why do all people hate Caitlyn so much? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just out here doing my thing and just let her live. Fuck. Let me live. Um, so, uh, Mrs. Potts, um, <laughs> apparently, um, excusing some of the behavior of these gross men out in the world, the milkshake ducks. The milkshake ducks, um, because excusing it in the way that is very old fashioned and an old mindset of, well, are, were these women asking for it? Men are savages and cannot control their desires. And women have to be aware of that when they do things like wear shirts with that show boobies. Or how far up was that slit in her skirt that lets her walk like a normal human? Mm -hmm. Um, so, again, haven't read the whole article because I've been putting it off as long as possible. <laughs> and But I'm not ignoring the fact that – I'm not ignoring two things. One, she is from a much older generation that is wrong. And two, that it's still not cool, even though she's an older person. And they have very um, sexist – ideas you know and that's the problem with sexism right it's very speaking also entrenched is sexism even myself i find myself thinking ways that i have to correct because that's what was ingrained in me when i was a kid from a a million different ways well i can only imagine what angela lansbury had ingrained in her when she was a young lady starting out in in hollywood um so yeah it's just unfortunate and it it's all unfortunate, but as the SNL skit that uh, everyone's talking about said, uh, "Welcome to hell." Now it's hell for everyone. Is this the HR one? I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard about it. Uh, no, no, it's not the. It's just I think it was just from yesterday, oh, okay. Saturday, um, and it was a music video about how everyone's like, "Oh, this is all ruined for us. Um, House of Cards is now ruined because." Mm. You know, sexism and, you know, women are like, welcome to all the things that have been ruined for us, like taking the bus and walking (laughs) down the street. Uh, Welcome to hell. (sighs) It never stops and everyone is screaming. It never stops. Well, thank God we still have media to numb the pain and torment of daily existence. Oh, absolutely. What do you got? What do you got for that? Got that Avengers trailer. Avengers trailer, saw it. How we feel about it's, that? It's Avengers. It's an Avengers uh, trailer. What What do you they, want from me? I they needed more Black Panther in it, but besides that, that's okay. And about that I'm, Thanos, though. I I don't understand. We we saw Thanos. I don't know why everyone's why are there so many memes because because his, his hat's gone. So they took his hat wanted, away. He wanted to be like free and like. You know, maybe feel the the wind on his on his bald head. The the meme of him as Homer Simpson was the one that that made me laugh the most. 
Oh, see, I, I think people are really trying with that meme. I don't find it very funny. <laughs> I'm just like, it's just poor Thanos. I mean, his feelings hurt. Poor Thanos. You wonder why he wants to destroy existence. He was just bullied as a kid, and now it's just gotten to a point where he can't take it anymore. And he's going to show all of you. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a, it's an Avengers movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, sh- I'm going to go see it. That's I didn't need a trailer to know that. I mean... Oh. That's all I'm gonna say. Y'all get y'all get mad excited for the Avengers trailer. The collective y'all. Yes, of course. Think think back to not even Age of Ultron. Think to the one before that. Do you remember them fondly? Do you really remember anything about them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I could mm-hmm. I could pull up some details. <laughs> So I'm always amazed by like I like I could not uh, Kaim dragged me to Avengers two whenever the year it came out or whatever and like by December of that year I thought the movie came out a year early a year <laughs> later than it did like it just like poof it was gone yes like yeah there's they picked they picked up and dropped a city I remember that yeah, there's definitely been some movies that could have probably been TV specials like I didn't need to see them in theaters <laughs> and they weren't very remarkable um, but. Sometimes I really do like seeing the action sequences in theater and I do, if you get a good writer with good dialogue, they can be a lot of fun and it's nice seeing the superheroes I've grown up with be on the big screen and fleshed out. Um, But sometimes I'm just like, yeah, it's fine. But now it feels like the only movies that come out are Disney movies Actually, that's it. I was about to say, like, Disney, Marvel, <laughs> and Star Wars, and that's really... Those are all Disney movies. Basically, what has happened is that Disney has won the game of Risk. Like, that... <laughs> that is what has happened now. There's, like, one little, one little corner left. Yes. That doesn't have red, red wedges on it. It's Madagascar. It's just... <laughs> Yeah, and lest we forget, Justice League out there in the world, uh, consensus seems to be, it's a dumpster fire, but, you know, dumpster fires can sometimes keep you warm in the winter, so it's not all bad. (laughs) Um, I, of course, still haven't seen it. I still haven't seen, um, uh, what was that, Batman versus Superman? Who cares? Uh, I haven't seen that other one with all the villains. Oh, Suicide Squad? Yeah, there's there it is, Suicide Squad. Uh, um, public service announcement from Mr. Malosh, who was ta- who I was talking to this week, who did see Justice League, and that was also his kind of assessment. Was like, eh, it's 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 not good, but right, <laughs> it's not terrible. Um, and I mean, many people are grading it on a curve following Batman v Superman, which is why I say like it's a dumpster fire, but they keep you warm sometimes. Whereas Batman v Superman was just like a raging dumpster fire that destroyed everything in its path. Though he did say. He has a somewhat more forgiving take on Batman v Superman. Apparently, there is a extended cut, right? That's like a little longer that he thinks is mildly better. Oh, take a okay. little more forgiving assessment if you watch the extended cut of Batman v Superman. I might just go in on that then. Like, I might just like start there then. Perhaps it may salvage some of the uh, points that had to get glossed over. To keep the thing under like the extended cut might be like four hours and I'm not doing that. I'm not watching four hours of Zack Snyder or anything like. No, but maybe not. Maybe it's only three, in which case it's the length of all the other movies out there now, oh, nowadays. God, you people wonder why I'm like anti-movie. So, well, since we're talking about superhero movies, uh-huh. 
um, I was reading something and it took me to something else and then it took me to something else and I found out about something and I was like, what? Um, and it's super hero movie related. Okay. Um, did you hear that there is Sony um, is working on a, uh, a movie called Silver and Black? No, I have no idea what this is. Um, Silver and Black is a movie that is supposed to be like a Thelma and Louise-ish version of a superhero movie with Silver Sable and the Black Cat. Oh. Like, what? That's interesting. Right? Apparently they've been working on it for a while and there are some sort of plot details out of there, out there. Um, I don't know if this has been dropped or not, but apparently it's still sort of in the works. But I have heard nothing about this. Even the article I'm reading is from, like, August. Well, because they were trying to get, like, a whole, like, extended universe just out of Spider-Man. Yeah. And they were going to do, like, a Sinister Six movie just about the villains and shit. And everybody was just kind of like, this is diminishing returns. I don't think you can pull this off. And they decided, you're right. Let's give partial rights back to Marvel and get some money back from this. Um, so then maybe it's been completely dropped now, but I was just reading an article where they mentioned it and that it was still possibly a thing. And I was like, what is this? Um, because I love the black cat. I love Felicia Hardy. Do you? I did not, did not know this about you. Yes. Yeah, so when I was watching um, tons of cartoons in the 90s, uh, the, the best Spider-Man cartoon was on at that time. And... <laughs> Felicia Hardy uh, became the black cat and it was awesome. And I, I don't know what it is about her. I just, I always thought she was really cool. She seemed very clever and I like that in my, my ladies. Um, and you know, she could actually like take on Spider-Man, which was, which was awesome. Um, but yeah, I just think that would be a cool idea for a movie. Um, taking these sort of like B characters and making a cool movie with them. Kind of like an Ant-Man thing. Yeah. It's just, I, I like, I like taking superheroes and like we talked about when Marvel does superhero movies as like a genre. Yeah. Um, it sometimes works a little bit better because it's not the same progression in every movie. It's not the, the exact same story. Um, they didn't totally succeed with Ant-Man. Um, but but with something like this, I feel like that could be super cool. Yeah, if they did just like a road movie or a, or something heist related again, because it's the Black Cat, um, which that is could what be it, very interesting. Which it kind of has, it, it you know, we all know the Black Cat is basically Catwoman, but yeah. for the Marvel universe, like we all know this. But I still really like the character. But anyways, so yeah, just I thought bring that up. There's also lots of other lady movie stuff happening. Like what? Um, Speak for the ladies. Chief Lady Correspondent. Um, so, Goldie Vance, which is a comic for younger people by Boom Comics, um, is being turned into uh, like family movies, um, and it's just uh, gotten its director in Rashida Jones, which is kind of freaking awesome. She's directing it. She is directing it, and um, Carrie Washington is producing. Dope. Um, Goldie Vance is a basically a comic story about a she's like a, a uh, what's the one Drew uh, what's the first part Nancy Nancy Drew um, <laughs> but uh, it's a 
young lady of um, uh, African-American descent uh-huh. um, and uh, has really cool outfits and I want to hang out with her. <laughs> cool outfits being the most important. Uh, one of the most important things. Um, she always looks, she always looks uh, like really well put together for a young lady. <laughs> um, anyway, so I think that's really cool that there's just more characters of different backgrounds getting out there. And uh, I'm excited. I'm always excited when comics get made into movies because comics are amazing. Comics are amazing. Yeah. Do you have any comics news? Uh, of a sort. Okay. So this is the weirdest story. So Marvel Comics, we have established that the periodical side of Marvel Entertainment is kind of a weird spot right now. Yes. Not not dominating the funny book industry like it once was. They made some weird decisions, done some weird crossovers, done too many crossovers, made some decisions that retailers don't like as DC has slowly kind of snuck in there and is doing all the exciting sort of comic booky type stuff. The movies might be garbage, but the comics are really fun. Um, and Marvel recently uh, announced a new editor-in-chief within the last month or so. Guy named CB Sobolski taking over for uh, Axel Alonso, who had been the editor in chief previously. Uh, Sobolski right. had a history as a sort of recruiter. He served in numerous capacities with the publisher over a, at least a decade. I first remember him as being Marvel kind of reached out, you know, when, when that manga stuff was really popping off, Marvel did a bunch of like manga-esque reinterpretations of their characters. And I believe Sobolski was one of the guys who kind of facilitated that. He either worked with Viz or other Japanese publishers. He had connects there. To try and you know, this bridge this and make this happen. Um, and he's also worked as a recruiter, finding new talent, you know, looking over portfolios at conventions, shit like that. Apparently, yes, he was most recently... Sorry, these are bullet points from a report on Polygon. Most recently, he served as Marvel's VP of International Business Development and Brand Management. And seemed to be well-liked and respected among his peers. And in a story that has been bandied about by um, comics gossip journalist Rich Johnston over the years and most recently on his site Bleeding Cool was this rumor that there was a comic writer in the mid-aughts named Akira Yoshida and he was Japanese and he wrote Marvel Comics and he wrote a lot of Japanese-esque Marvel Comics, you know, Kitty Pride goes to Japan and fights ninjas sort of thing. Uh, Wolverine fights the hand, et cetera, et cetera. Did some X-Men stuff, some Age of Apocalypse stuff. Fun stuff. There was always a rumor that Akira Yoshida did not exist. What? This was not a person. And that it was, you know, someone who worked at Marvel masquerading as this person. Rich Johnston stated on Bleeding Cool's piece that he had been chasing this story for over a decade, but could never find enough evidence to run it. Uh, a critic and journalist named David Brothers recently raised the rumor again recently, which inspired chatter. And in the wake of all this conversation, it was revealed and admitted by him that C.B. Sobolski was Akira Yoshida. Oh C.B. Sob- C.B. Sobolski 
is a white dude. What makes this even worse in its way is not only just the fact that a white dude was like, you know, yellow facing to yes. try and get work for Marvel. Um, there's been some chatter over whether or not he was actually working for Marvel as an editor and writing comics at the same time, which is a kind of a no, no policy. Editorial shouldn't be working on creative right. sort of thing. Um, but what makes it even worse is like Sabolsky gave interviews with sites as Yoshida and like crafted this backstory of like oh my God. Uh, traveled to America with his father and learned, started to learn English from superhero comics and shit like that oh to the point where like, like this is some real JT Leroy type shit where like uh. someone posing as Yoshida, like a translator, like met with other Marvel editors, like posing as him. What? Yeah. It is the weirdest shit. So Sabolsky has, you know, admitted this and basically really just kind of de- tried to downplay it as like, you know, it's been it's been dealt with. Um, yeah, finer details of this. These are all coming from the Polygon story. Uh, Sabolsky only wrote a handful of comics as Akira Yoshida, but many of them feature Japanese characters, locations, and culture heavily. At the time, Yoshida was touted as providing an authentic Japanese voice capable of connecting with an American market. Brian Cronin, a writer for Comic Book Resources, looked into the rumor for a column he did in 2005 called Comic Book Urban Legends Revealed uh, when Yoshida was still active, but learned that the writer had visited Marvel Comics and even grabbed lunch with editor Mike Martz. However, according to Bleeding Cool, the real Akira Yoshida that Martz had lunch with was actually a translator who seems to have been mistaken for the writer by multiple people at Marvel. Oh, my God. Um, this is one of the weirdest stories I've ever heard. Really is. So people have been uh, commenting on this. And upset. Professionals. Um, Sobolski's predecessor, Axel Alonso, has been low-key liking tweets that have been critical of all this. He hasn't spoken himself, but <laughs> <laughs> check check your likes on some of those and you'll, you might see Axel. Uh, Kurt Busiek, who's written for, he's written The Avengers. He writes Astro City right now. He summed it up probably pretty succinctly by saying getting yourself promoted as an authentic Asian voice when A, you're not, and B, your publisher's got a rotten track record at hiring actual Asian writers, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. And what, there is no other Asian writer out there that's, at all? That's the biggest thing, right? Like you want you want to present this culture or use it in stories featuring your characters, but you didn't give that opportunity to someone who comes from the culture. And and there are just, there are so many writers. There are so many people you could have gone to. I just don't understand. I, I like, was it like, how could anyone think that was a good idea? Uh, here is what he said. Uh, what Sobolski said, quote, I stopped writing under the pseudonym Akira Yoshida after about a year. It wasn't transparent, but it taught me a lot about writing, communication, and pressure. I was young and naive and had a lot to learn back then, but this is all old news that has been dealt with, and now is Marvel's new EIC. I'm turning a new page, and I'm excited to start sharing all my Marvel experiences with up-and-coming talent around the globe. Um, No, you don't get to just say it's been dealt with. What I like... How How have you been dealt with? Like... You shouldn't have gotten your job. You shouldn't still be the editor-in-chief, perhaps. Um, (laughs) I did see something on Twitter that said, like, the name Akira Yoshida, like, 
you know, Akira is obviously one of the like most like one of the most famous movies to ever come out of Japan. And Yoshida is also like a really famous name somehow. Basically it's like the Japanese equivalent of cheeseburger Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like it's all like flagrant yeah. and surfacey. The like homage of your pseudonym is. Um, yeah. yeah. Real messed up. So messed and up. And another bad look for Marvel on a fall that has been full of bad looks from vendors complaining about the gay Iceman and black Captain America to the, you know, to now this, to their, they're saying diversity doesn't sell. Like this has been a bad six months for Marvel. I just, I can't, I can't even, I can't even <laughs> literally can't even. I don't understand. I don't understand what people are thinking most of the time because I have issues. And now when <laughs> this stuff like this happens, I'm a, I like triple doubt myself. Like, I'm, I'm like, what, how, how could anyone have said okay to that? Um, to present the altern the alternative side, uh, the editor of Ms. Marvel and director of content and character development, Sana Amanat, gave an interview to Channel News Asia, where she downplayed Sobolski's appropriation of Japanese culture by saying that he very much associates with it. And she compared it to Brian Michael Bendis, who is right, who's white, creating a character like Ironheart as part of an attempt to create more young black superheroes children could look up to. Brian Michael Bendis also did not say his name was Sledgehammer Jackson and give interviews about growing up poor black in the South Yeah, to comics journalists. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. So, yeah, <sighs> that's the weirdest thing I came across this week. Wow. Do you have anything to get this awful taste out of my mouth? I got a whole bunch of stuff. Hit me. Uh, Disney's Mulan has its lead actress, and it's actually an actress of, of like Chinese descent. Shut your mouth. I know. It Shut is not. Mouth. It is. It is Chinese act actress Liu Yifei, also known as Crystal Liu, who's very, very famous in China. Um, and yeah, it just like, good job. <laughs> actually... Well Getting a Chinese actress. Well, I'll be damned. I know. It's not just like a, a white actress with a name that's Chinese. It's not Emma Stone. <laughs> no, it's not Emma Stone. Um, so, yeah, good job. I, I'm i pretty sure they still don't know whether there's going to be singing or not, um, which a lot of people are devastated about. I are you really devastated? I'm, I'm, yes. No, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> I don't even know if I saw Mulan. I tapped out after, <gasps> tapped out after Lion King. Oh yeah, so oh, adding that to the list. Aladdin and, Lion, be, Aladdin and Lion King were my two Disney movies, and then it was out. It's gonna be um, um it's gonna be musicals and Disney mu oh, movies from here on out. Twenty eighteen is gonna be no better than twenty seventeen. Don't say that. <laughs> Don't say things like that. You're gonna curse us all. Say things you can't take back, Fat Man. Um. Also. I have an astronomy minute. What? Beep, 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 beep. It's Caitlin's astronomy update. Time to learn all about stars and planets. Well, in this case, my astronomy minute has to do with the moon. The moon? Our our satellite. Yes. Our, our beautiful round satellite that looks like Caitlin's face. <laughs> um, it, <clears throat> it's super this month, isn't it? It is. It's actually... so. 
technically the, the first of a trilogy of supermoons oh my God. <laughs> is happening while we're recording or right after we record. So um, unfortunately, people who are listening on Tuesday will not be able to catch the moon, this, the first supermoon, but you will get to catch the two next ones, which are even more exciting. They're more exciting because, well, January 1st is the next one. It's just going to be bigger and brighter. And because it's going to be darker, um, it's just going to be, it's going to look awesome. And then January 31st, which is a blue moon, because it is a full moon twice in a month, is actually also going to be a lunar eclipse. Well. Yes. So the reason these are these three moons are called supermoons, or we get something called supermoons, um, is because they are at the closest point of its orbit to Earth, which is called a perigee. Um, so they look about 14% bigger and 30% brighter than than full moons at its farthest point, which is an apogee. I think I've talked about this before, but you know, I'm just reminding people it might come up. Um, and the lunar eclipse is happening in a way where um, the moon won't reflect the sun, but it will reflect the glow from Earth. And so it will have this weird red glow to it. And that's on January 31st. The moon be wildin'. Yeah. It's going to look super creepy. It's going to be great to start off 2018. <laughs> or, yeah, it's going to be. In, mostly you'll be able to see it in like the Western United States, at least on our continent. Um, but you will get to see a, a little bit of it in the east as well. It'll look, it'll look ready in the east. But if you have a chance, if you're in Arizona... Um, I'm sure it'll look great in Arizona. <laughs> we all like know Ari- we all know Arizona is the place to go for your astronomy needs. Oh yeah, I'm still hoping one day I'll get I'll get out there and see something fantastical. But anyways, definitely go out, take a look at these amazing, bright, beautiful supermoons. Um, check wherever you are whether when the moon rises and sets because um, when they're on the horizon, our brains trick us to think that the moon is closer so it looks even bigger and brighter. So yeah, that's my astronomy minute. Well, all right. Yeah, there's just fun stuff to see in the sky when you're feeling sad about the Earth. Giving you the giving starting 2018 off with the apocalyptic on the apocalyptic note. We all know what will be coming throughout the year. It's true. It's true. I thought I was supposed to brighten the mood. <laughs> Sadder. Man. Can always count on me for that. Well. Well. I think that was a good front half. I think so. Um, are we gonna? Do we have any updates? Oh right, we do have. I have an update that I forgot from last oh. week. I don't really have any updates for this week, but I have an update I forgot about. Okay. So um, I did do something in and amongst waiting for you know a PlayStation to finally come into my life. Right. And that was a finally get cut up on season two of Riverdale. Oh, great. Yeah, that show was fucking off the rails. <laughs> More so than it had, than it was before? Oh, yeah. Oh, really? yeah. We got a masked murderer going through, going through town. Really? This is the dude who shot Archie's dad, Luke Perry, at the end of last season. Uh, Archie's dad, Luke Perry, is fine. That's the only way I'm going to refer to him, by the way. His name's Fred, but who cares? He's Archie's dad, <laughs> Luke Perry. <laughs> um, and Archie, oh, just can't let it go. He's got a thirst for vengeance, and he goes off fucking Batman and like starts a militia. And they film this video. They call oh, what they call themselves the Red Masks or something. And Archie makes like some like viral video, 
and like the football team is standing around him with like red Bella Clavas on and no shirts and they're all weirdly sweaty. <laughs> talking about how they're talking about they're gonna find this guy they're gonna find the black hood and the black hood knows betty and he keeps calling her and he like he's doing this he's doing this for her he's trying to like get rid of all these like unsavory elements from riverdale and where are the unsavory elements at they're on the south side caitlin oh because that's that's the wrong side of the track they're on the south side with those with those serpents the serpents and the ghoulies and are you ready for the best part caitlin I am so ready for the best part. There is a new designer drug in Riverdale. <gasps> do you What's it know, called? Do you know what it's called, Caitlin? I, I want to know what it's called. It's called Jingle Jangle. No, it is not. <laughs> it is. Like the Bob Dylan it's song? fucking called Jingle Jangle. <laughs> or JJ for short, you know, when Veronica's being, you know, super cool and trendy and high end. She calls it right. JJ. And it looks like pixie sticks. It comes in little, like, you know, no. stripey straws. Off the rails, Caitlin. <laughs> I don't even understand what's going on. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. There was an episode in the first season where, like, the, the ladies got some revenge on football player Chuck. Okay, who was uh, Who was, you know, doing these weird, weird sort of assaulty type things acts called that uh, they were calling around school a sticky maple oh god i don't want to know i don't recall what it was um but basically like to get revenge on chuck like veronica and betty like lure him over to ethel's house ethel played by the same actress who plays barb on stranger things what's up barb um hey barb and as they're like trying to like seduce him so they can like you know get him in the hot tub and think they're gonna <laughs> make him think they're gonna kill him or something um, Betty like puts this like black wig on and goes like all like, you know, dark universe, Betty. Okay. <laughs> on him <laughs> to the point where like, oh my God, she like forgets who she is. And like, she's actually going to kill this dude. And that's the moment where you were like, man, this show is fucking weird and off the rails. This entire season is like that episode on 11. Like, well, you know that they're, they're doing a, a Sabrina show, right? I've heard this. Yes. Yes, um, so CW was supposed to do, like, a, you know, like a show that's a, 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 right across the universe, basically. Like, it's the same universe. Yes. Maybe it takes place in the same area, um, but with Sabrina. But then Netflix has, like, swooped out of nowhere and been like, no, this is our trash. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to produce this trash ourselves. This Riverdale numbers are doing great money for us in markets that are not America because we don't. We don't get it right now, but we put it up week to week in Canada and those fools are lapping this shit up. So we want it. I, I almost feel like this. Is, people think like this is what United States is like. This is what <laughs> schools in the United States are like. Wow, it's a mess down there. Like the fucking South Side High that Jughead ends up going to. It looks like. Oh, my God. Did you ever see that really weird Samuel L. Jackson movie called 187? No, I have not. He plays a teacher who ends up just like killing killing problematic students no 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 what happens is they play russian roulette at the end at the end they do yes no he kills some motherfuckers before that does he yeah oh i thought he just like was like he low-key kills some gang members before that that's how he gets that's how he ends up playing russian roulette because oh man yeah and like everyone dies and just like the yeah, just like the way it looks, and like it's all like washed out and ugly, and like the school itself looks like a nightmare. That's what Southside High is, oh, where oh. Jughead's going. And yeah, it's like this is what the country's gonna look like in three years. So because you know of Trump, 
<laughs> like this is like the long uh, uh, concerned parents commercial. And they do. Uh, there is a bit where I'm trying to think. There was a bit where some like friend of some old New York friend of Veronica's comes down, and he's real. Uh, he's real big roofier. Oh, fun. Likes to roofie the ladies. I'm glad, and, she's, I'm glad make, she's friends with that guy. Well, she's not, obviously. They catch her. They catch him trying to do this to Cheryl and beat the shit out of him. Um, so, I mean, they're trying to, like, <laughs> I don't know, make a statement about some things, I guess. But and there's a drug dealer called the Candyman. He's the lead Jingle Jangle distributor. Oh, my God. It's so terrible. I can't. I can't. <laughs> the trash. But yes, that's I totally forgot to the joy of a PlayStation completely wiped my memory of uh, of watching Riverdale. And it wasn't until days later where I was like, oh, my God, I forgot to <laughs> make Caitlin listen to me talk about Riverdale. <laughs> still oh, crazy. Yeah. Still hitting your Netflix every Friday morning, I believe. Perfect for wow. perfect for the night worker in your life. Wow. Gets off um, work on Thursday. Watch some trash. Go to work on Friday. Talk about how trashy it is. <laughs> So I watched some trash Ooh, last keep it, week. Keep it coming. Yeah. Um, it was called Godless. Godless got trashy? It 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 turned into a dumpster fire. Oh <laughs> like, no. It just it is not so we so I thought the third the first two ish episodes wasn't like the trailer. Yeah. Oh, it just like devolved from there. There's just so much rape. And, uh, and violence and it just becomes about like these two guys and the women are totally secondary. They, okay, this is full on spoilers. If you haven't watched Godless and you don't want any spoilers, just leave for right. the next couple of minutes. Get, come get back. into it. Um, basically every single person in Blacktown gets murdered. Oh, that's not fun at all. Every single one. Um, and they all they go on this big thing about how they're all old like buffalo soldiers and these men are like they they were hunting his gang down a long time ago and they're like made of steel and they're like the toughest and they kill every single person in the town except for the daughter that the 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 guy the girl whitey's into yes um and again that is his actual name we're not just calling him Whitey. Um, and her and her little brother escape. But every, like, they show, like, men, women, children, all dead. Um, which was just so infuriating because I really thought this might be, like, a coming together of the women and, and the people from this town um, just around the bend. And, you know, it was all going to be about the women having to defend themselves. Also, in the end, of course, um, the sheriff and the what's his name? Um, they save the day because the women with all the shotguns who've holed up in the hotel that they can't like smoke them out of or burn them out of uh, that wasn't enough. So, as per our previous discussion regarding yeah. whether or not this show had a philosophy, and if that philosophy was, do women need men? Yes, women need men to save them. So everybody got damseled. Well, that's it's unfortunate. Sucks. sucks. And sometimes the the writing was real lazy, and they could have gone in and talked about the characters so much more. And I just, I was just so frustrated. Um, there was a couple like good 
good points, but most of it, the ending was just the, oh, it's terrible, terrible. I just wanted to see ladies kill things. Why can't I have this? Shoot people. and Ladies want to murder people too. Yeah, like, come on. Anyways, I just, yeah, I just was so disappointed that it made it even worse watching it. Well, that sucks. I'm sorry the and Western let you down. That's the story about Godless. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did you ever believe Jeff Daniels as a homicidal maniac, or was it just like, Jeff Daniels, stop trying to be a homicidal maniac? No, I never believed Jeff Daniels as a homicidal maniac. You're too cuddly, Jeff Daniels. He's too, like... We just want to love you too much. I might believe him as, like, a, a weird preacher guy, but not as a homicidal maniac. Well, yeah. Tough break on that one, Godless. Very, very upset about that. Well, I feel like I watched something else, but oh, Orville, Orville continues to be good. Oh, they they're back from hiatus, or they took a break and. Yeah, they took a break for the Thanksgiving week, and then or the United States Thanksgiving week, and they came back, and they came back with a great episode. So really happy about that. Well, good. Yeah. Maybe we'll take a break here. I think that's a good idea. Come back and talk about some other things that maybe were good. Maybe. We'll find out when we come back in a very witchy second half of this episode of the Geek Down Podcast. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the program. This is the part of the show where Jordan and Caitlin talk about the things they brought each other, things they would not have normally encountered in their everyday nerdery. That's true. It is true. That is true. Um, this this section of the episode, um, we have rules. We do have rules. Life there are three is, of them. Life is chaos without them. There are three of them. The first one being the rule of three. If you are watching or reading something that is based in installments, parts, issues. Or epicycles. There it is. Are you waiting for that? (laughs) There it is. I was waiting for it. Yeah. Give it three of those things. You got to let the thing be the thing it's going to be. Half applicable this week. Half applicable. The second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Do not talk about the thing until you are in front of your microphone. No matter how desperately you want to. You might be dying inside. You might be screaming at your window as a storm rages outside, saying to yourself, I need to speak to Caitlin about this, but you can't. You know why no. you can't? Because the listeners and your co-hosts deserve the freshest, piping hot, warmest, perfect on a December afternoon take. And a type of take that you wouldn't turn into a the bun of a sandwich. Do not know. God, these takes are far superior than the dreck you would use to make a McGriddle out of. Yes, these are like the perfect takes. Takes from C&J's Hot Take Emporium are far too good for a McGriddle. You savor them. Absolutely. You don't sully them with things like sausage and processed cheese. Ugh, disgusting. Disgusting. Rule number three, not so much a rule as a policy... 
which is there will be spoilers. We will get into things. If it merits mentioning on the discussion, we are going to get into it. If that is something you do not support, you got to go. Yeah, and I mean, one thing is really old and one thing is sort of medium old, but I know people out there who don't want to know about anything. So they got to go. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> there are some people out here who's like, it was really sad when Jesus died. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but you know, and they're like, shit, I haven't finished yet. Yeah, there are some people like that. Number one, those people are lame. And if you're one of them, I'm sorry you're lame. Number two, you still got to go. You got to go. I'm sorry. We're going to get real into it, I'm sure. <laughs> so we like to alternate on who goes first. Yep. So we're going to start with the thing I brought Caitlin. As I said before the break, it's a very witchy episode of the Geek Down this this week. Yeah, it's it, it's not Halloween. We just felt like doing this. It's just we still love that Halloween mood. Caitlin brought me her things first and it triggered something in my brain that I <laughs> trigger. Get it? It's a studio trigger show. Um what? <laughs> that flew way over my head. I'm in too much pain for it to like. I said, you brought yeah. me yours first and it triggered something in my brain. And I said, haha, trigger. Cause it's a studio trigger show. Um, and that is, Oh, oh there, the, the, the gears, the chunk, like the gears, exactly. the gears like clicked. Skype almost picked it up. Skype almost did pick it up. And the thing I brought Caitlin was something I've mentioned on the show a number of times and for whatever reason put it off. But I just figured, why not? Why not now? And that is Little Witch Academia, yep. which is currently sitting on your Netflix. It has been a number of things. It's basically a franchise created by Yo Yoshinari and Studio Trigger, which Caitlin has a very tumultuous relationship with. As the creators of anime, these are this is the crew that brought you Kill the Kill, among other things. Um, it was originally a short film directed by Yoshinari and written by Masahiko Otsuka, which was released in theaters on March 2nd, 2013, as part of the Young Animator Training Project's Anime Mirai 2013, which I believe Anime Mirai is the sort of, you know, young anime showcase thing that brought us Death Parade as well. Oh, which is one of those things that I was just looking through, like, the list the other day of all the things <laughs> I haven't finished. And I was like, oh, Death Parade. Oh, man, I got to go back to Death Parade. Uh, we recall Death Parade started as a short called Death Billiards before becoming a show. Death Billiards was part of the Anime Mirai project as well. They then put that on YouTube on April 19th, 2013, which started getting some interest. So they uh, partially funded through Kickstarter, made a sequel to the short film called the enchanted parade, which came out in 2015. And then they always wanted to get back to it. They liked the world they created. So in 2017, summer 2017, it was a show from that, that season. Uh, they put out a 25 episode TV adaptation of the story, which is much obviously wider in scope, but shares a lot of similarities to the first two we are talking specifically i believe you watched the tv show right i did okay uh i told caitlin it really didn't matter what she watched because they share a lot of uh a lot of the same notes but basically it takes place as the luna nova magical academy a school for young girls training to become witches inspired by a witch named shiny chariot who she saw as a child our protagonist atsuko or akko 
enrolls at Luna Nova Magical Academy to become a witch. She is the only student not from a family of witches and as such struggles with her non-magical background. But this all begins to change when she is dis- when this all begins to change when she discovers the shiny rod, a powerful magic relic originally left behind by Chariot. So in the first three episodes, you're basically meeting all your characters and getting a sense of who Akko is as a person. And I don't even think the larger narrative of the show really even kicks in until like the back half. Uh, this is all on Netflix, should be said. This is one of those shows that anime fans were super sour about because it didn't air week to week. It wasn't simulcast because Netflix don't do simulcast. Right. Anime fans were all up in their feels about that. Um, which may have hurt its reception in North America. Ultimately, I don't know that it got the shine it should have. Um, for a studio trigger show, it is pretty much absent of fan service. Um, features different, what I feel are different types of anime characters, characters you don't really see. Sometimes just some random old plain Janes. Uh, Akko's two best friends are her roommates, who she meets on her way to the school. Uh, one is Latte and the other one is Susie. Susie is everything. Um, Susie is a, the goth girl who makes potions and just wants to like <laughs> find Poison po- find poisons. And Latte comes from, I believe, a long line of witches and is kind of talented, but like you know, the talented but lacks confidence uh, archetype there. And they encounter other students. There's a professor named Ursula who takes a keen interest in Akko. Gee, I wonder why. Um, there's the super alpha witch named Diana who comes from the long prestigious lineage and is, you know, she'll be the best witch to ever come out of this school type of thing. Uh, ultimately the main narrative has to do with the, the fading influence of magic and witchcraft in the world. There are some asides mentioned in the episodes that the school is maybe lacking for money. Um, you meet some characters later on the son of a politician and his ambivalent relationship to magic, et cetera, et cetera. And what Akko's role will be in bringing magic back to prominence in the world. The show's not reinventing the wheel for you, especially I'm sure this show was not reinventing the wheel. No, but I will touch upon that later, but I found it super comf, very sweet. And if you, if your only experience with Studio Trigger are shows like Gurren Lagann or Kill a Kill, which are basically just like, you know, giant penises in 26 episode anime form. Because it's all the yelling and all the like absurdist action. Little Witch Academia is very cozy and I love Akko as a character. I just adore her. She's- really? Kind of, yeah. I mean, she is that kind of frustrating where, like, you know, can you be a realist for five seconds? But her belief in herself and her unwavering confidence that it's all going to work out. <laughs> Borderline delusion and characters characters later on basically call her as such. Like, it's not like it's not getting any better. Like, you need to look at this realistically. But she never really does. I just find her so sweet and endearing. But anyway. Maybe you don't. Let's get into it. Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah. You've read a lot of stories about magic schools. You often complain that stories about magic don't have enough magic in them. Yeah. How are you feeling about this? Um, I have complicated feelings about this. This is just the worst witch. That's fine. Saying <laughs> that, that is okay. 
Um, I watched the three episodes with someone who loves the show, like absolutely adores the show. So that was also interesting <laughs> seeing that, that viewpoint. Um, it is very comf and I would definitely totally have um, younger people in my life, like quite a bit younger, watch the show. Mm. Like it, it's very like the level of worst witch, like fun and all of that. But I thought for me, uh, and maybe it gets more complex in the future, but I just found it, it was a little simple. Um, and I found Akko um, a little bit frustrating. Not totally her fault, uh, because she has, at times she has all this belief in herself, and sometimes the magic works, and sometimes it doesn't. And that I need there to be a, a like, theory of magic, right? Like, I need there to be a consistent... If, you, if it just takes belief in yourself, then when she's believing in herself, the magic should work. You do get it, but maybe they push it too far back. Perhaps. I did, only watch, I did only watch three episodes. And there was sort of, one of the people I was watching with, there was sort of a mention of it. you find out much more as it goes along. It really um, info. I feel like it really info dumps on the back half, maybe, and that's to the show's detriment right. um, regarding what magic is and where it comes from and how like it's basically about restoring the like the the stars on the staff are like right. things that have to be done to really like you know uncork magic back into the world. And that, that, see, that all sounds real cool. And if they were like, this is a thing in the second epi- episode that we're going to mention, I'd be like, oh, I would definitely stick around for that. Um, I still might stick around because there are some things I want answered. Like, they give me enough of, a, of stuff to bite in the first three episodes. Mm. Um, I do like that the witch who's all like, I'm good at everything. Um I do like that she is not just an evil bitch. Like there are some things where she tries to help um, and she starts to what I can, you could see a glimmer of a good person in her. Like she's not just awful. And they really did a lot. I had time this morning um, to go back and watch the original short as well. And which, which starts the same way it starts with, you know, it basically, the short is basically a different adventure, but a lot of the elements that I remember from the TV series, like they had this, they knew what they were doing from the jump. They had the larger world, even though they only did made 26 minutes originally, they knew the larger world. Yeah. They that, knew the larger world. That was going it on was, there. It was worst witch. <laughs> I know like things that are just like, I really, I don't know how they got away with it. Like, I didn't. I don't know how they didn't get sued for being like, this character is exactly like that. Like, like Mrs. Cackle, exact same witch. Um, the mean uh, uh, hard broom, Mrs. Hardbroom, exact same witch. Um, like her two best friends, her one and everything. Her her best one of her best friends has had red hair, right? Like it just. There's so many things where I was like, how did they get away with this? Um, but saying all that, I, it was still fun to watch. Um, I like Worst Witch and Harry Potter and all of that, as we know. Um, I loved the animation. 
like thought it was amazing and stunning and could watch it all day. The trigger does the good work. It's nice to see them doing something you can actually stomach this time, but yeah. Um, there was a couple of shirts that were a little too, uh, or skirts shots that were a little too high, but that's okay. That's like, I, I mean, I can stomach that. It wasn't like it was a full on panty shot. Mm. Um, but I, yeah, I, the anime, like the, the magical characters when magic is being used, all of that is amazing. The designs that they use are fantastic. Um, it reminded me of card captor Sakura, um, a show I also loved. Oh, did you? So I loved Cardcaptor. I did um, not know this. Yes. It was It was basically the show I watched after Sailor Moon. Mm-hmm. I wanted something that was like fun and magical and interesting. And I liked her story because she was very, like, Sakura was very much alone. Yeah. Uh, and that was a very different type of story. Anyways, that's sort of a side tangent. <laughs> um, but it reminded me of that, the creatures, the, like I said, the magic, the design, um, even the card she has of Shining Chariot, which again, the names. So on one side, you get Shiny Chariot, which is <laughs> absurd. And then on the other side, you get the famous witch, Jennifer. Like, I'm like, <laughs> go, with, go with one. Go with like a, right? Like pick, pick how you're going to do these, your theory of names. Um, the, the, the surprise uh, the shiny chariot surprise was pretty obvious. Um, Which one? And that's the the teacher. Oh yeah. That's like interesting, like that. But again, it's I feel like the show is actually for younger people. <laughs> like it's not. It's like being upset that Dora finds her way to the like whatever she has to get at the end of the episode, right? Like it's not made <laughs> for me. Um. um but I will going to say the point, uh, the point I lost that I was trying to make was you mentioned Diana, the like how there's like subtleties to her a little. Her character is a little more subtle. She's not just a, you know, evil alpha bitch. Right. In the original short, she is. I feel like she got the most work, most nuance kind of added to her character. Right. Because like you said, she's she steps up to do this thing that she thinks is helping. But there's like a detail that she missed and she ends up kind of fucking it up and getting kind of bailed out by Akko in the end. And then even when they said like, good work and Diana, and she was like, well, it wasn't just me, you know, I feel like from that, it's almost like the reverse. Who's that character you hate in anime right now? Uh, (laughs) uh, Oh, Bakugo. Bakugo. It's like the reverse of Bakugo. Bakugo. Like I could tell, if she did have a bad, like an upsetting backstory, I could almost sense that like her parents are always trying to get her to be the best or some, or she has this huge weight on her shoulder. Like I could tell that even just from the subtleties of the character. Um, if that's the case, maybe she just does like all the fame. She does have reasons for wanting to be the most proficient witch to come out of there. But again, I feel like all that, maybe she just skipped to the second, (laughs) the back half. Maybe, maybe I should, or I might like, I was talking about just watching Jane Austen being sad. Maybe I'll just watch the worst witch anime style and be sad. Like I, like that could be a thing I do today. Um, because it was something where I was like, Oh, that seems really interesting. I'd like to know more. Would you like to know more? Um, (laughs) yes, I would. Um, so that's, that's all good. Um, the Akko, Akko, I keep on wanting to call her something else. Um, Mildred, um, Akko. (laughs) Um, 
was I realized now what annoyed me about her character. Hmm. She's Serena from Sailor Moon. <laughs> she's real whiny when it comes like she's in this magical world and she has all this like opportunity to be like an amazing witch. And she's like, I have to do homework and yeah. learn things. And I'm like, are you out of your goddamn mind? I would I would let someone like take a limb if I got my letter from Hogwarts. Like I would I'd be like, move out of the way. Even if your first class had to do with like, you know, linguistics yes that is i love yes that is like my dream come true obviously yeah so i i literally just had a discussion with someone yesterday and they're like if you if you could learn one thing and like for the rest of your life what would it be i was like linguistics and language like that yes (laughs) it's exactly what i want um and it to be magical so that kind of frustrates me is that she's like i'm gonna become the best witch but then she doesn't want to do the work mm-hmm. and you want to be like, okay, fine. You're naive about the magical world, but are you stupid? Cause you must've known that you were going to have to, you know, work at work it. harder. Um, yeah. And she doesn't want to do the work. She just wants to be like, I believe, well, <laughs> you know what, you know what kid, it doesn't work that way. But even I just believe- like when she's like nodding off in class and Susie like drips something on her head that makes a tree grow out of her head. And then for the rest of the episode, she has this tree growing out of her head. That is funny. It's I the like dumb that. little shit like that. That That's the comp element that I'm like, oh, I just like being here with these with these ladies. Yeah. And I like the different characters. I like the witch who like has made the, her rocket. out. Of, it's like actually like a, a like a flying motorcycle. Constance is the best. <laughs> Um, I, I do like, um, Susie, right. And I like, she just very, is just trying to like poison them to get them to go away. Like I do like those elements. Um, and I, and I do like Akko's enthusiasm. That's fine. It's just, there are bits that annoyed me. And again, we're watching things when it's trying to become the thing it's going to become. So sometimes they have to iron out some details, uh, even personality wise, um, I do hate those other witches, the mean ones. And oh, Diana's cronies. Hope they die in a fire. <laughs> a um, magical fire. There is a, like a, another teacher comes to the school in the back half who has differing opinions on, and theories of magic. You want your theories of magic. Like I feel it's frustrating. Cause I feel like I can say to you, yeah, all that stuff happens, but it happens. Like if, I weren't here to tell you this stuff happens. You probably wouldn't get there on your own because it's a little slow. And if you're not in the front and if you're not cool to just hang or if you've seen the worst witch and you're like, you're just doing the worst witch, you're probably not going to hang for the back half where it gets a little more interesting and the stakes amp up a little bit. Though I have to say, like, whipping out the cockatrice in, like, (laughs) the first episode, I was like, that's kind of amazing. Um, And that was fun um seeing again the visuals are enough to make me go let's see what other cool stuff they do Mm. um so yeah i'll probably stick with it um i'm gonna give it a a seven it was good cool it was good i liked it um i definitely anyone else who's into anime and and harry potter i'd be like oh this was this is for you and you know Maybe watch television shows that are slightly younger. They're comf, like they're super comf. Um, these are. This is definitely for you. Dope. 
dope. Something that is not for younger people. <laughs> no. Well, though I saw this movie when I was in like junior high, so That's I can't really. inappropriate. <laughs> though I was watching, I was also reading in Rice in junior high. <laughs> and, and so there's all kinds of inappropriate things. So yeah, so let's get into it. Um, I made Jordan, made Jordan watch uh, The Witches of Eastwick. Yes, yeah, she did. Uh, uh, which is a 1987 uh, comedy fantasy film. Uh, based on John Updike's novel, The Witches of Eastwick, which was released in 1984. It was directed by George Miller and uh, stars three amazing ladies, Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Susan Sarandon, as witches, and also Jack Nicholson as the devil. Yep. Yep. Um, So, the three witches named um, Alexandra, Jane, and Suki, um, are three dissatisfied women living in the picturesque town of Eastwick, Rhode Island. Um, Alex is a sculptor. Jane is a musician. Suki um, has lots of children and works for the local newspaper. Um, The friends have all lost their husbands in some way and are unaware that they are witches um, and form this uh, coven slash bond and get together and share their fantasies about an ideal man. And then a mysterious gentleman, Jack Nicholson arrives in town and stirs up trouble and uh, magic ensues. Um, Basically no one, they initially obviously do not know that he is the devil. Um, They get all seduced by him, which is, (laughs) Man, when you are young, you're like, really, Jack Nicholson? <laughs> like, and that doesn't go away when you get older. You're like, really, Jack Nicholson? But anyways, he manages to seduce all three of them, and they have this relationship where they all move into like he buys the mansion in town, and they all move into his mansion with him. And of course, it's a small town, so everyone starts talking, and then magical things start happening, and then like horror magical things start happening. People die. Um, and they a, lot of, realize, a lot of vomit. A lot of vomit. Um, they realize sort of what's happening and that um, sort of what Jack Nicholson's character is, that he is the devil or a demon, and they just and that it's breaking them apart. And so they decide to basically do magic and cast him out of the town and get their lives back. Um, I think that's a pretty good rundown. I've seen this movie quite a few times. Because, uh, you know, when I was a kid, there weren't that many witch movies. <laughs> the wor- worst witch wasn't out yet, so I had to do with what I, uh, what I could. So, Jordan, what did you think about this movie? This, this is just real weird to watch this month. <laughs> Why is that? You don't think in the current climate this is a very odd movie to watch? So there's lots. It's just like uh, Ghostbusters and how everyone smokes all through the Ghostbuster movie, right? Yeah, like, well, Jack, Nich- Jack Nicholson in this movie is definitely the guy who you go to his house and he walks out in a bathrobe and nothing else. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, that is all I could think. The the and he basically does like when Cher yes, first when Cher first goes over there. Which I mean, first of all, I don't know what's changing in my palate as a uh, as an admirer of women, but I never really thought Cher was like mad attractive. Holy. 
fuck is she gorgeous in this movie. Um, so shouts to share. Shouts to share. Um, but yeah, she like goes over there to meet him and he legit is just like, so we fucking or what? Um, <laughs> and I'm like, word. This is like Matt Lauer just got fired. This is a real weird movie to be watching this week. Um, and I, I don't know what to uh, take away from it as far as like the politics and what it's really saying, because this is like a story written by a white dude about female need and sexuality. And that's like, oh, oh no, the, the book is like not good. Like it's not the only thing that I like more about the book is that initially the women know they're witches. It's not like they need a guy. Clear this up for me. They seem to just like catch on to that real quick. Yeah. Like initially it's like, Oh my God, some long winded guy is making a speech and we all at the same time wished he would stop. And a giant storm came on. And an hour later we can make voodoo dolls. (laughs) And we know exactly how to do all of it and we can fly like, yeah, they're very smart women. And they came to that real quick. Um, Hey, I would be able to tell if I had powers real quick because I'm always hoping for it. So then I'd be like, yes, I finally got them. So, yeah, but anytime one of these, you know, like Titans of waspy literature, like John Updike writes a book about women, I get antsy. Um, Yeah. A lot of, yeah. Well, I mean, the book itself, there's a lot of discussion of like, is this book misogynistic? Because the book is worse. Like, the, there's very, there's stuff that happens in the book that just sucks. They kill a bitch. Um, they do. Yeah. Have you read it? I read that wiki page. Oh, you read the wiki page. I was like, you, you didn't tell me you read the book. What the hell? Um, yes, they kill someone out of jealousy. Out of jealousy, which, yeah. This, the movie very much differs from that and that. They realize that they're being torn apart by the Jack Nicholson devil character and want to get rid of him because he's the worst. And this is peak Jack. Oh, yeah, it is. This is this is capital J Jack. Like this is this is when he started to turn where he just like stopped being an actor where he was just Jack Nicholson and everything like you stopped seeing whatever character he was playing. It was just like, oh, there's Jack Nicholson doing something like you just always see him as Jack Nicholson. Um, that said, he's Jack Nicholson for a reason. Like mm-hmm. he does it very well. He ch- literally consumes every bit of, he doesn't just chew the scenery. He's legitimately consuming every piece of scenery he's in. Like yes. he is, he's having a good time <laughs> with this movie. Yes. That said, when you say 87, this came out, mm-hmm. 87 was a weird time. It was a very weird time. And watching, watching him be rolling up on share, just being, are we fucking or what? That's a real, and having it work is a real, I mean, I guess we're going to assume there's some magic and he wasn't just him like ne- oh, yeah. negging her. And, uh, there was tons of magic. This is basically just like, <laughs> I know I'm disgusting, but there's nothing left at home. So why don't you get this D like, yeah. And then, by the way, then I'm going to put the D on all your friends. Yeah. Weird. It's super weird, but I mean, it's still a fun movie. I guess. And like, so yeah, so like number one, they came to magic real quick. Number two, that, you know, newspaper man's wife, who's like the only one who seems to know what's going on. She came to that just as quick. Church people are always ready to say someone is the devil and some lady's a witch. But was she even churchy before then? She was just really concerned about the snowy egrets. 
I just assume, I guess. Which is I the most John Updike thing you could ever put in a book. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, she's just like soups. I, I thought she was soups, Churchy. I don't know. She seems like she was Churchy. What about the snowy egrets? <laughs> Where will they migrate to? Um, this is the most New Hampshire John Updike concern anyone could ever have. Yeah, and then she like is the moment where so Jack first shows up at some like recital. Uh, fuck, Jane is the Susan Sarandon character. Yes, Jane, Alex, and Suki, right? So Jane yeah. is Jane is giving a performance. She's a cellist and a music teacher in town, and she's very conservative at first. Yes, always uh, very buttoned up, long dresses, long sleeves, and up to that point. The Jack Nicholson character has only been mentioned. No one can really remember his name. They're all very charmed by him, but they can't remember his name. He told me his name, but I can't remember. For some reason, I can't remember it. Um, he shows up and is very like rambunctious in his applause for Jane's performance. And then afterwards at the little like reception, everybody remembers his name at once. And as they say it, that's when this churchy woman like falls down the stairs. Because someone's pearls. Someone exploded. pearls fell off. That's right. Someone pearls fell off as soon as they say his name. The pearls fall off. She slips on the pearls, falls down the stairs. Um, and from that moment on, it's like the fucking exorcist. And she's like <laughs> her husband, who was played by young Richard Jenkins, who <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen young Richard Jenkins in a movie before. <laughs> kind of off putting. Um, he's kind of always old. Though. He's kind I don't of. Think... <laughs> I feel that... like as a 20 year old, he was still old looking. But he had a little more hair on his crown here. Like, I'm not used to that. Um, yeah. But she's just going on about, you know, the, the, the whoredom and iniquity coming to their town. And he's, like, shoveling yogurt into her mouth like, <laughs> to try to get her to shut up. Um, yeah, she seemed to come to it real quick and just. Yeah, again, I always say this about movies, especially movies that were done before, like, what we consider a blockbuster yeah. came to rule the multiplex. Where it's just like, <laughs> how did this get made? Not that it's bad, but just like. Why was this a story that needed to be made as a theatrical movie? I'm always left just like wondering that. Um, and I'm baffled by this movie. <laughs> I'm legitimately baffled. Uh, I, don't I don't know why it exists. I don't know what it's trying to do. Um, do you want to know? Do you want to know what's weirder about all of this? Mm. Is that a, um, a, the music was done by John Williams. I noticed that. <laughs> Which you're just like, really? And do you know who the director is? I looked it up, but I didn't recognize it. George Miller. What else do you do? Mad Max. That dude? Yes, that oh George Miller. Oh my god. Yes. Well, that kind of makes sense. So Kind of, in its way, yeah. That, that tracks what, for him. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, just... And then he knocks them all up and they all have babies and they're like, this is fine. We just spit our demon spawn out into the world. That's cool. They're cute. We're fine with it. And then like, you think there's this like weird, like sinister moment where like then, so they decide Jack's got to go. They like somehow immediately know how to do this. Like, you know, voodoo doll, uh, ritual type thing. Yeah, now that you're bringing these things up, there's like, there's some loopholes in here. Well, they like immediately knew. It's like, okay, well, I guess we got to go do this. I'll grab the, I know the exact book I have to grab, share notes to start like making some like, you know, wax figure of him. And they like make some, you know, Susan Sarandon, who at that point has only cared about uh, penis and cellos. 
suddenly knows <laughs> that it's like, oh, she's the one who gets on cork. She is like, woo. Yes, very much so. <laughs> awesome. What's that line from Chasing Amy? I tell people all you needed was just some serious deep dicking. Susan Sarandon needed some serious deep dicking, and she was like, woo, that hair never went in a ponytail again. Um, She suddenly knows how to, like, you know, make tinctures and, you know, what plants to mash up and shit magically. I don't know. It's magic. What are you going to do? It's magic. God. And he he comes back. They do this while he's out, like, buying them ice cream or something, and he comes back. And he's all like messed up and growling, and then ultimately he like they managed to like lock him out of the house, and he like reverts to like Tyrannosaurus demon form. It's a real weird inclusion of special effects that I wasn't expecting. Which they won for what? I'm pretty sure they won something to do with special effects. Oh my for god! And what the hell was going on with him in the last moment where he looks like a fetus or some shit? It's, it's real weird. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. And then he goes, he goes, you know, that's like away he goes. And, uh, they all move into this old mansion with their families Yeah. and they're three demon babies. And the demon babies like roll up into like the media office where, and you know, again, it was 1987. So of course, instead of getting one big TV, you get a wall of smaller TVs so you can watch a bunch of channels at once, Mm -hmm. I guess. And suddenly Jack Nicholson's appearing, uh, starts appearing on them. And he's like, yeah, come come on, boys. Come on, boys. Give your daddy a kiss. <laughs> and and then the Pfeiffer, Cher, and Saranen just walk up and they're like, oh, you. And like, shut off the TVs and then the movie's over. <laughs> what? Y'all are real nonplussed by that. It's the, it's the 1980s. You're allowed to do whatever you, you want can't in the 1980s. use that for every criticism. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> It's the same one as I used for the 1990s. It's the 1990s. You can do whatever you want in the 90s. It's fine. Yeah, they did whatever they wanted to in the 1980s. You know what? We got AIDS. So maybe you don't do whatever you want in the 1980s. Oh, good times. So I'm guessing you enjoyed it. I kind of? I'm just baffled by it. Like, I remember even being a kid in this movie coming out and being baffled by it. Like, what is that movie even about? I'm ten. I'm ten. I don't know what's happening. Uh, now you know. I'm ten. Kind of. I'm ten. I have Susan Sarandon is making me feel things and parts of me I don't understand. And why is that weird dude running around with his shirt off? Um, Not Michelle Pfeiffer? No, straight Sarandon. What? Yeah. I'm all there for Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer is gorge in this. I mean, they're all fucking gorge, but Sarandon's, uh, Sarandon's highly teased red mane in her tennis outfit. I was like, all right, girl. Go ahead. Get yours. Go ahead. <laughs> smack that tennis racket. Smack that tennis ball at Shear's face. Um, she's also the angriest one when she finally gets, like, uncorked. Yes. Um, so I don't, this is six and a half, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I'm, you know what? I'm always, whenever I give you something weird or from the 80s or 90s or, you know, something that's really, like, close to my heart, I expect you to, like, give it a four. So well, I will I, never I, fail them. We know this. It functions as a movie, a really am, weird movie, and especially a weird movie to watch this week. But I am pleasantly surprised. Well, there you go. I love to keep you on your toes. Yeah. Well... I think Whoa. that'll I think that'll just about do it. I think this is as much Skype con- conversing as we can stand. I think so. 
think so. I won't be listening to the episode next week, but I hope you guys will. <laughs> hope hope y'all listened to it and well. enjoyed it. Um, if you would like to let us know if you listen to it or if you have any tips on how to uh, make Skype recording better on a janky one one laptop setup, you can get at us a few ways for that. Twitter and Instagram at GeekDownPod. Email GeekDownPod at gmail.com or on our Facebook group. Which is at www.facebook.com forward slash GeekDownPod. Let us know all them things if you would like to donate to this endeavor so maybe next time caitlin is in doubled over in terrible pain we can just get her here anyway via helicopter medevac sounds amazing i still am pulling for uh teleporter teleporter well if we can invest in you know transmatter travel we need money to do that. If you would like to contribute to that research, you can do so and learn how you can at our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash geekdownpod. Learn about all that. Even a dollar is amazing. Amazing. We love dollars. The researchers love dollars. The researchers do love dollars. They put little put little flair on their white coats. Little smiley every, every face time. buttons every time. And with that... I feel I, like that's... It's not professional, but... <laughs> let, let's, let them live. Okay. All right. They're not to have flair on their white coats. We like to keep it lax. Keep down R&D. We do. And with that, I believe we will take our leave. Thank you so much for joining us, friends. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Kate McKinnon. Theme song is by Rob Gasser. And all of us will be back next week, hopefully in person, for another fantastic episode of the Keep Down Podcast. See you guys then. I'm telling you, Blues from Blues Clues doing everything. (laughs) All right.